You know, we came uh, rolling in, as you know, kind of late last night, and uh, it was kind of scattered for us as well. Um, you know, when you're speaking at a retreat with a, a group of people that you don't know, you kind of want to get there early and kind of warm up and get into it. And it was like last night, it was like, bam. And we came rolling in, and uh, uh, it, was, uh, it was pretty heavy, I realized, you know. I mean, we're talking about uh, gnaw and you know, that kind of thing, and, and you guys were having a great time worshiping, having fun, and then it was like whoosh, you know, and, uh, and so uh, I do hope that you had some time to uh, maybe process some of that, but I wanted to back up a little bit and, uh, and, and talk a little bit, maybe introduce the weekend, uh, because we, you know, came in and, and we're kind of rushed last night, and so I wanted to take a step back and, um, and kind of tell you where we're headed for this weekend. Um, last night, it was really important to me, at least, to talk about the fact that it's not about me, okay? It's, it's not about you. If you don't understand that in your Christian life, you're not going to get very far with Jesus, <laughs> because it's not. It's not about us. Um, it's about him and his glory. And so that's the foundation, really. That's where we wanted to start, and... Um, but as uh, Jim, when he asked uh, Carla and I to speak uh, a couple of months ago, months ago uh, we were excited, we were honored, we were really nervous, okay? Because we don't do this. This is the first church retreat we've ever spoken at. And uh, this is the first time, well, I can't say the first time, about 20 years ago, we went and spoke at a junior high retreat together. But other than that, this is the first time we've ever done this together. Okay, I'm not a pastor, I don't preach regularly. And so it was a little bit like, Jim, what are you doing? Why, why, why are you asking us? And he said, Todd, I just want you guys to really speak to our congregation from your hearts, whatever the Lord has laid on your hearts. And so Carla and I, we kind of had to start from ground zero and we had to say, Lord, what have you given us? We really do want this to come from you. And the Lord really showed us that he gave us a very unique upbringing in our church. Because I talk to a lot of people my age and even younger, and they talk about how the church has ruined their lives. But it's usually not in a good way. And maybe some of you have been there or you know people who have been there. They've grown up maybe in the church as a kid, and they just burned out. You guys realize that two-thirds right now, about 66% of the kids that graduate high school will leave the church. If they grew up in the church, two-thirds of them are like, I'm out of here. And some of those come back and some of them don't. But Carla and I had such a unique uh, uh, experience growing up. And we really believe it was because of the people that became the heroes of our faith. The people like I shared with you last night, like Val and Arnie Schneider, and like Bob and Jan Williams. People that are just like you. You know, they're not seminary trained. Most of us, I'm not seminary trained. They've got jobs, and they've got lives, and they've got things going on. And... Yet God used them in such powerful ways that it ruined my life. <laughs> and they have been the heroes of my faith. And when I struggle and when I get discouraged, 
And when I'm afraid, like I am as I drove up here last night, (laughs) those people give me courage and they give me strength. And folks, you know, the kids that were in here and that just walked out and went to their childcare classes and the, the, the junior hires and the high schoolers that are here and that are part of Dillon Community Church, they need heroes. And those heroes can't be just Pastor Jim or Pastor Mark or your worship leaders or the people up front. They need you to show them what it's like to live for something more than just yourself. They need you to show them what it's like to live a life flat out for the kingdom of God. Folks, that's what ruined my life. (laughs) That's what has impacted my life every day. And I had the privilege of having a front row seat because my dad was a pastor. And my dad, for a time when I was in junior high, he wrote his first book, and that book got a lot of press. And he began to travel and, and speak this message of the church unleashed all over the world. And it was an amazing t- thing. I got to go with him on some trips. It was really cool. It was really fun. But in my early 20s, I found out that my dad had been having an affair. He had had a moral failure, like so many pastors. And my life was shattered in so many ways. It was one of those God, why moments because it just tore our family apart. And it tore our church apart. But I'll tell you what now, here it is 30 years later almost. Well, yeah, 30 years later. And there are things that have stood the test of time that is fruit that will last from Bear Valley and from the church that I grew up in. And you know what it is? It's the ministries that so many of the people in the pews started. And some of those ministries you've heard of. Maybe you've heard of the Denver Street School. Or maybe you've heard of Mile High Ministries and Joshua Station. Maybe you've heard of a little ministry called Mops. All these ministries came out of Bear Valley and now 40 years later they are still growing strong and they're still making a dent for the kingdom and not one of them was started by a pastor. They were started by people just like you. And those are the big ones. But you guys, there were dozens of small ones that made such an impact that we got to see. And so many people's lives were impacted by them. And since Carla and I returned from the mission field, we've been working in our own church to kind of bring about this idea of everybody is a a minister. Everybody has a calling from God. And everyone is invited to step into that ministry And it's been hard. We've had some great successes. We have ministries that are happening in our church that are impacting our little community in Arvada. And there's been some hard times and some frustrating times. But along with my dad um, and, and my wife, Carla, and I, we spent some time just reflecting on 
what are the core things that, that Bear Valley understood, that the Church Unleashed was really all about, that drove that, that freedom for ministry in our church. And so we've been thinking about that. In fact, my dad and I um, wrote uh, another manuscript. We kind of started working on a book together. And it's been really fun. Um, it's drawn he and I back together a little bit. It's been fun to think about these things. And I doubt that book will ever see the light of day, but it's been a blast. <laughs> and we came up with uh, 10 tensions that the church has to wrestle with in the 21st century. Because, folks, there is a culture, even a Christian culture and a church culture, that wants to take us away, that wants to pull us away from stepping into what God has called us to do. And it creates this tension. And I don't know about you, but when I think about tension, I'm like, oh, you know, you think of like tension headaches or tension in a relationship. Tension is not good. But the reality is tension is important in our lives. If you think about the work, uh, home life tension, that's a tension for a lot of people. If you work outside the home and yet you have kids at home or you have you know, a spouse at home or whatever it is, there's that tension there, isn't it? I mean, how much do you, you know, stay at work and do you work late? And, you know, but if you think about what would it take to relieve that tension to get rid of it? Well, you'd have to quit your job, right? Because then you could be home and that would create a whole kind of other tension, right? <laughs> Or you'd have to, you know, stop being a parent, stop being a spouse, and just be at work all the time. You see, there's tensions in our lives that have to be managed. And if you can find a good, managed, healthy tension, it's a beautiful place to be. It's kind of like a guitar on a string, or a string on a guitar. Those strings, you know, if uh, our guitar man here was playing a, 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 a guitar that was out of tune, like the tensions weren't right, it would be, ooh. But when you get those strings just in the right tension, it's, it's beautiful. And the music happens. So what we're going to do um, over these next three sessions, well, let me again just say that I think one of the most basic tensions that we have to manage is about us, Right? It's about what's about me. You know, the culture is driving. It's all about you. You deserve a break a day. You, you know, this is for you. It's all about your comfort. It's all about your this, that, and the other. And the call of the gospel, the call of the kingdom, is it's about God's glory. And there is a tension there. And it's foundational. And that's why we wanted to start there last night. But we want to talk about three other tensions this weekend in our next three talks. And the first one uh, that we're going to talk about this morning is the tension between the kingdom of God and the church. And as a church, if you don't get this one right, much like if you don't get the it's not about me right, then it's going to be really difficult. I would say impossible to step in to God's calling for Dillon Community Church. So this weekend, more than um, probably other retreats you've been on or other sermons you heard, 
we're really talking to you, Dillon Community Church, you as a body of believers, okay, more than individuals, but it's really like, what does it mean to be a church and be a church that, that kicks a dent for the kingdom of God? So I'm going to have Carla come up, and uh, she's going to start with a little story for you. So, there. Oh, oh. Okay, so we lived in Okinawa, Japan. There's no seasons. Did you all hear that? Okay. So, but there's seasons here in Colorado. So we got back to Colorado, and we were so excited because we were like, wow, we get to enjoy the seasons. And it was fall. And we decided to go up to your neck of the woods, Dillon, Summit County, and go hiking. And we picked Lily Pad Lake. You all know that. I know you all are like, yeah, you know. Okay, so we picked that to go hiking, and we'd done it many times. Believe it or not, we had done it many times. You're not going to believe it when I tell you where this story lands. But we had, uh, we had gone to the lake many times. We'd gotten out, and we'd start walking around and got on the trail and walking through there. And it's only like, what, three miles maybe? We're walking in the trail, and... Um, I'm in the lead. I'm going to take ownership. I am in the lead, and we're walking, and we're talking. We're seeing how beautiful the colors are, and just noticing all of that, and talking about life, and our world, and la, la, la. And all of a sudden, I stopped, and I went, honey, where did the trail go? And we start looking, and Todd's like, well, I think it's over here. So we walk over there, and nope, that's not the trail. And we just keep looking for the trail, and we're kind of doing circles. We cannot find the trail. And so we're like, okay, let's just head up. So we headed up, and then we got to snow. And we're like, I don't think this is where we're supposed to be. So we had a cell phone on. It had low battery, a light jacket, in shorts. We were not prepared for any kind of hiking. So we're in this situation, and we're like, okay, we're going to call the non-emergency number for Summit County and just find out what we should do. Because this is an emergency. And so we call, the, we call Summit County non-emergency number, and we're like, hey, so we're up here in the mountains. We're going to Lily Pad Lake, and we can't find the trail. We just want to know. This is just the question we have, because this is not an emergency. If we just walk down the mountain, will we just hit I-70? Will that just be what happens? Because we can find our way once we hit I-70. No kidding, like that's true. And so, so the lady on the end of the line is like, wait, no, 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 don't go anywhere. In fact, pull your phone away. Can you hear this ping? And they sounded off some kind of ping, and we're like, no, no ping, can't hear a thing. <laughs> and so she's like, okay, you just stay right there, keep your phone on. We will send out an emergency rescue squad. And we're, I'm like, we really don't need that. This is not an emergency. And I'm thinking, ching, 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 not realizing it was volunteer, but like, oh, we're thinking of, oh my gosh, they're sending it out. So 
we, uh, we tell him, look, we don't have much battery. And she goes, oh, okay, well, why don't you hang up your phone, turn it off, turn it back on in a half hour, and check in every half hour. Okay, so we decided we're going to do that. So we sat down on a log, and we just start talking about the fact that we are lost in the mountains of Colorado. We just couldn't believe it. Well, we turned our phone back on. Half hour later, they're like, okay, the rescue squad is out looking for you. Have you seen anybody? No, no nobody, no, nothing, you know. I just can't even believe I'm telling you all this. So, so, so they say, okay, turn off your phone, check in another half hour. Well, we did that like four times. So we're out there for like two hours just waiting, you know, and we're like, our kids are going to be done with school for you, so we got to get off this mountain. we got to get home. Well, about two hours in, all of a sudden, this beautiful yellow cocker, Golden Retriever, sorry. Golden Retriever finds us, comes up, sweetest dog ever, finds us. And we're like, oh, praise Jesus, we're saved. And behind this Golden Retriever was our own rescue person, Patty. Yeah. <laughs> Patty Burnett, right? So you're listening. Patty Burnett found us and then led us just a couple of yards away to the trail. <laughs> Like, really? So she... Okay, a couple hundred. Oh, did I say a couple hundred? Yeah, whatever. Okay, well, it was, it was short, and we felt dumb. Anyway, but the fact is, is we just had lost our way, and we needed Patty's help to find it again. We got back to our car, and they had the big rescue truck there with all the rescuers and their dogs, and I'll come back. So we took a picture, and I don't have it because we couldn't find it. But it was just this weird, like, wow, we really needed some help. Patty saved our lives. And so we're just so thankful for that. Today's lesson, though, today's session, we've titled the PDF of our journey. And I don't know if you guys get notes or not, but that's what we titled it. And it's not an attachment like you'd attach to an email, PDF. PDF is an acronym that I came up with. I was kind of proud of it. Todd thought it was dumb, but I think it's a good idea. So um, anyway, PDF stands for Purpose, Destination, and Focus of Our Journey. PDF. And so as we think about the PDF of our journey, um, I liken it to our hike when we went hiking in the mountains, you know. Our, our purpose, our destination, our focus was to get to Lilypad Lake and on the way enjoy the beauty. Well, on the way, we just kind of got caught up in everything else and lost our way. And sometimes that can happen in our journey, right? And what we're doing maybe as a church, we can get caught up in the chaos and the clamor of things and lose focus. I don't know if that's you, but sometimes that's me. Sometimes we can just lose our way and we need help to get to where we're going. We need somebody to point the way like Patty did because sometimes just going down the hill won't get you to the destination. In fact, it won't even get you to I-70, So, today, that's what we're going to start. And this morning, we're going to talk about that tension between kingdom and church, and it's where this tension begins. I'll fly away. How many of you have heard that song? I'll fly away. Oh, glory, I'll fly away. Some glad morning, when this life is o'er, I'll fly away. And you know, that, that song, and uh, actually even a couple of the songs that we sang this morning, they talk about this kingdom that is up there, that is after we die, that someday if we just, you know, are good Christian soldiers, that we will be welcomed into this glorious kingdom 
that God has prepared for us. And folks, that's true, okay? There is definitely a kingdom that Christ said, he's go, he goes, I'm going away, I'm gonna prepare a place for you. There is a kingdom that is coming. But folks, there is also a kingdom that is now. And Jesus, when he came, he came to establish his kingdom on earth, not just in heaven. And I don't know about you, but I don't hear a lot of kingdom preaching from the pulpit. I don't hear about the kingdom of God being talked about and being thought about and being, taught and, and being discussed in the life of the churches that we've been a part of. Most of the time, what you hear is the church. How are we going to build this church? How are we going to grow our church? How are we going to make our church a friendlier place or a better place? Or how are we going to get unsaved people into our church? And there's a lot of talk about the church. And that's not, again, that's not bad. But I really think that it is incomplete or maybe even sometimes misplaced. Because the reality is that when Jesus talked, he talked about the kingdom, didn't he? I mean, you open the pages of Scripture, and actually it's all throughout the Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, in the Gospels, in the Epistles. Over and over and over again in the pages of Scripture, they talked about the kingdom. And Jesus constantly talked about it. He mentions the kingdoms 86 times just in his preaching alone. He defined it. He explained it. He talked about it. He told stories about it, and he proclaimed it. And it wasn't just for someday. He was not talking primarily about the kingdom that would come. He knew that on the cross that he would defeat the forces of evil and that on the cross, he would establish the kingdom of God throughout the, the unseen and the seen world. And he was doing it for now. And he talks about, in Luke 17, he talks about how the kingdom of God was in our midst as he stood there among the people. And in Acts 28, or I'm sorry, in Matthew 26, I think we've got that up there, or 28. It's going to come up here. Matthew 28. And it said, he said this, Then Jesus came and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay, did you get that? That's the Great Commission, right? We're really familiar with that. But Jesus said, look, it's all authority, not just in heaven, but it's on earth. Because Jesus knew and he came to establish a kingdom on earth. Uh, another passage that uh, we won't put up there. But at the end of Acts, um, Paul is uh, under house arrest. I'm going to go there so I don't uh, mess this up. But uh, at the end of Acts, Paul is in house arrest. And this is the very end of Acts. And Luke uh, writes about Paul, and he says, for two whole years, okay, two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. What did he do? He proclaimed 
the kingdom of God and taught about Jesus Christ, our Lord, with all boldness and without hindrance. So when Paul, he's, kind of, he's at the end of his ministry, he's under house arrest. He's in his own house, but he can't go anywhere. And so he's got people coming from all over to see him. And what's the most important message that he has? It's about the kingdom of God. And he taught them about Jesus. Folks, those two things go hand in hand. The kingdom and Jesus. Well, how do you define the kingdom of God? What is that? It's a little, you know, uh, you know that's what they discuss in seminary, right? That's why it gets a little heady. But I want to keep it really simple for us, and I want us to turn to Matthew chapter 6. And in Matthew chapter 6, in a real uh, short way and an easy way, Jesus defines the kingdom of God for us. The disciples come to him and they say, Lord, how should we pray? And Jesus says, this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Folks, the easiest way to define the kingdom is when God's will is done on earth as it is in heaven. We know that uh, if uh, we are left to ourselves, it will not be God's will, right? That the world is moving away from God's will so quickly, it can be so discouraging And so when God's will does break into an evil, broken, desolate world, his kingdom is pronounced. His kingdom is proclaimed. And every time you do a simple thing that reflects God's will here on earth, God's kingdom gets a little advanced. See, Jesus talked about God's kingdom because he wanted us to understand what his kingdom economy is all about. Because it's so different than this world's economy. It stands in so many ways in direct opposition to the way the world's economy works. And the way the world's systems work. That God says, no, it works totally different. And so Jesus kept telling his followers, he kept saying, the kingdom of God is like. And then he would tell these parables that would just shock his audience. You know, the parable of the, uh, the prodigal son. That was so out of that Jewish context. They just, you know, the things that the father did were so unlike the Jewish fathers. But isn't that the kingdom of God? That they're so unlike the way us as humans would go about things. And they stand in just stark contrast. And so as individuals looking around and saying, what does it mean for me to bring the kingdom of God? Every day, in little ways, where you work, where you play, where you live, and the places, how do you bring the kingdom of God. Just a a small example is I told you last night, I love basketball. And um, I love playing basketball. In fact, um, 
every Saturday morning for about the last 15 years, uh, a group of guys and I have been playing at our little rec center there, uh, just a couple miles from our house. And I love it. It is, I look forward to that more than almost anything in my week, okay? Admittedly, I look forward to it more than church. I'm just saying. (laughs) Sorry, confession. But I look forward to that. And we've been meeting there, and it it started out with with a few guys from our church. But eventually, you know, guys uh, would hear about a basketball game on Saturday mornings, and so they began to come. Guys that would drop into the rec center, we would invite them to come play basketball. And over the last 15 years, it's involved, evolved to a group of about 20 or 25 guys. And they all have the same experience. In fact, we were just at a barbecue with them last week. Um, one of the guys invited us all over to his house, our wives, our kids, and we were hanging out. And all the guys were just saying, man, it is, we just love Saturday morning basketball. It is the best time of the week. And all our wives are looking at us going, really? We're like, yeah. (laughs) And why is that? And it's because we actually, I've taken on myself to make sure that it is kingdom basketball. (laughs) And when new guys come, I say, hey, look, in in this game, we pass the ball to one another. We set screens. We do pick and rolls. You know, we uh, box out. We do the fundamentals. And all those things make basketball really fun. And those of you who play, you know what I'm talking about. And if you've ever just gone to a rec center and dropped in on a basketball game, it's awful. You know, because none of the guys know each other, and they're just dribbling down, and they're shooting threes, and they're trash talking, and they're in each other's faces. Nobody's playing defense. And usually it ends up in a fight. (laughs) And I just thought, I don't want basketball to be that way. And so I established some ground rules. And it's like, hey, you guys, we're going to play together. This is not going to be about you and how great of a shooter you are. It's going to be about a team. And just doing that on Saturday morning has brought these, this group of guys. Most of them are not believers. There's just two or three of us believers. In fact, can I tell you kind of a funny story real quick? And do you mind if I use a curse word? <laughs> okay, good. Um, Hell no. I mean, Mark said, Jim's not here, right? We can do whatever we want. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so one of the guys that comes, he is, uh, uh, he's actually a professional basketball player in Spain. Okay, so pretty good. And uh, he, was, he likes to play with us again on Saturday mornings because... You know, he's, uh, he's like, I want the fundamentals. I need them. And so uh, he, he came and played during the offseason, and then he was getting ready to go back to Spain, and Jake is his name. And I know Jake. Um, I didn't know him until basketball, but I found out that Jake is a strong believer. And so, um, you know, Jake said, hey, man, this is my last Saturday until I go to Spain. And I said, oh, man, we're going to really miss you, and I'm glad you're going. Maybe I'll get a shot. And... Uh, <laughs> And I said, Jake, what, do you, you know, what, what are you really looking forward to in basketball in Spain? He goes, you know, Todd, he goes, I just, just, just want to go and, and play for Christ. I just want to be Christ to my unsaved team members. I said, Jake, that's awesome. So after our Saturday morning game, we're all hot and sweaty and barely walking. And I said, hey, guys, I want you to come together. Come on over here. Okay? This is Jake's last time together. And I just want you to know, Jake is a believer in Jesus Christ. 
And he's going to Spain, and he wants to be a witness for Christ over in Spain. So, guys, could we just pray for Jake? And one of the young guys goes, hell yeah, I'll, I'll pray some shit for Jake. <laughs> <laughs> the, okay. <laughs> I don't know what that sounds like, but uh, that's what we did. <laughs> Was it? Okay. <laughs> I figured you guys are awesome. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> What's that? There are. Oh, I thought, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh. Oh, no. Close Is he? Okay. Oh, man. That guy didn't know Jesus. <laughs> you see, I really, uh, I really believe um, that the kingdom, it's more than just going out and sharing this four spiritual laws. It's more than just, you know, do you know Jesus? You know where you're going if you die tonight? You know, those kinds of things. It's actually about a way of life. And establishing a, 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 a way that says it's not like the world. Those guys that play basketball on Saturday morning, they don't know that it's about the kingdom. Some of them do because I've had a chance to tell them. But they just come and they go, this is great. And one of the things about the heroes of our faith is they took the kingdom of God to some of the most broken, desolate people in Denver and across the world. And it was an inner city health clinic, you know, that just went and gave free health care. You guys, that is a kingdom economy move. And it doesn't matter how old you are, you know, if you're in junior high or if you're college or, you know, you're retired. Wherever you go, when you can bring that kind of love, that kind of perspective, it's not about me. It's about you. It's about the kingdom. It's about glory. All those things, when you can step into whatever it is that God calls you to step into, but the problem is, is that oftentimes we get focused on the church. How are we going to grow the church? Do we have the right color carpet? Should we have pews or chairs? Folks, there's, there is a part of the church that is business like that. That's a reality. So again, that's, those things may not be bad, but when that becomes the focus... When that becomes the destination of who we are as a church is how do we have the best children's program? Then we've gotten off the path. Then we're sitting on a log waiting to be rescued. (laughs) And I don't know Dillon Community Church, thankfully, because, you know, I can just say these things and I don't know if that's where you're at. You've got to decide that. You've got to figure that out. But I do know the churches I've experienced. And, and when you think and you reflect on the church in America as a whole, the sense is most churches are sitting on a log. And they're not bringing the kingdom of God. And so Carla wants to come and talk about the church. And you're not going to take the notes. Oh, yeah, I better not take the notes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> 
yeah, it's not happening. Um, so, it, you know, Todd just talked about the kingdom being our PDF, purpose, destination, and focus. So if that's true, if that is a true statement, that really is our purpose, destination, and focus, how does the church fit into that equation? Todd mentioned that Jesus spoke about the kingdom 86 times in his four gospels. 86 times he talked about it. Do you know how many times he talked about the church? Two. That is amazing to me. Now, that doesn't, that doesn't mean to me that, that church is not important. The Gospels, or the, the New Testament talks a lot about the church. It's talked about a, a lot of places. The church has a very viable place in our world and in the Bible. But I, if we really look at it, we have to think about, wow, if Jesus talked 86 times about the kingdom and only twice about the church, we got to take note of that and ask the question, Why? Why did he talk only twice about it? You know, I have to realize that it's not that the church isn't important. It just means that it wasn't Jesus' primary objective. His primary objective was the kingdom. He brought the kingdom of God here. That was his primary objective, to announce the kingdom. He didn't come to announce that the kingdom was going to come and then go on hold so he could establish and birth his church. That wasn't what it was. It was about the kingdom. And so for us, as a body of believers, I think we have to realize that the church has a purpose. And its purpose is to serve the kingdom. But often in our experience, Todd and I have realized that often in our experience, it kind of gets backwards. The kingdom serves the church. The church becomes the focus, the destination, the purpose. I said that wrong. Purpose, destination, PDF. Purpose, destination, focus. Uh, the, the church becomes the all in all, and the kingdom is kind of in the background. And our, our tension that we're bringing up today is, man, we've got to put that in proper alignment. The kingdom doesn't serve the church. The church serves the kingdom. Another way to say it is that the church could be the launching pad or the base of operation for the kingdom. So I think about churches, and Todd kind of alluded to this, but in the churches we've been a part of, and even our own church, these are some questions that I think come up. Things that we think about and ask is, oh, how many people are at your church? How many small groups are going, and are they really good? Is your youth group vibrant? Do you have a great youth pastor? What about your children's ministry? Is it fun, exciting? Are the kids having a good time? These are questions we ask. Does the pastor preach well? Now you can be honest. Does the pastor preach well? Does he give insight and depth? And I know y'all are getting steak every Sunday from Pastor Jim because I know Pastor Jim. He preaches well. But the other question that we ask is the worship quality and meaningful because let me tell you, if you don't have smoke and mirrors sometimes in your worship, man, you're not going to get very far in church. Are people being discipled and trained? Is there a fun community? Last night, you guys have a fun community. Like I learned some steps last night about that. You guys have a fun community, but sometimes we get caught up in those questions and that's where they stop are those questions. And for us this morning, as we share, we really want to talk about not those legitimate questions because they are legitimate, but we want to offer maybe some other questions that could be asked in addition to these questions like, what are you, Dillon Community Church, as a church body learning about growing God's kingdom? What are you learning about that? Dillon Community Church, how are you impacting your community, your culture, the broken and dying world that you're around or maybe that's far away from you? How are you as a church impacting it and changing it? 
How is Dylan, how do we see Dylan Community Church bringing God's kingdom right in Dylan, your very corner of the world? And it makes me wonder, does, does the county of Dillon, or Summit County, I guess is what it is, does the county there look at Dillon Community Church and say, wow, wow Dillon Community cares about us, cares about the things going on in our community and our culture and in, with foster kids or with the homeless, or I don't know what the needs are in Summit County, but does your county look at you and identify Dillon Community Church as being a part of what's happening to solve the issues that are present there? That's what it means to be a church. And I wonder if we're asking those questions. I wonder if you are. Or would Dillon and Summit County look at Dillon Community Church and say, yeah, they care about themselves as a church body? I don't know. You see, I, we're asking the question, is Dillon Community Church the destination or is it the kingdom? Are you a launching pad at Dillon Community Church for something far more important that relates to the kingdom because your church is serving a much greater kingdom? You see, if Dillon Community Church is the, def- is the destination, if that's the destination, it's going to affect the purpose, which then becomes to build Dillon Community Church. And if Dillon Community Church becomes the focus of everything you do as a church, is, is that really it? Is Dillon Community Church, is that the PDF, Dillon Community Church, or is it the kingdom? And that's the question we're asking. So how do you tell if it's more focused, if your church is more focused on Dillon Community Church rather than the kingdom? Is it more focused on the destination, or is it looked at as a launching pad? You know, Todd and I don't know your church. We've been up a few times. We were up at the amphitheater a couple, last month, I guess. No, two months ago. We were up and just really loved it, but we don't know your church. We just know you from a a distance. So we can't really tell you the answer to this, but we're we're asking these questions. And we want to ask you if you'd just consider and ponder this as you consider journeying together. Who is the per- what is the purpose here? It might be that you guys are very kingdom-minded. It might be. It might be that the church is not the focus, not the PDF. It may be that you guys really are serving the kingdom. But let me tell you, you would be in the minority. Most of the churches that Todd and I work with, that we know, that we're involved with, even our own church, oh man, it is the focus of the church, is the church. And it's not the kingdom. And we struggle with that. And we go back and forth with just talking with our pastors and, and folks in, in our church. It's just like, what does it mean to be kingdom-minded, to be serving for the kingdom and not serving for ourselves? And so these are some of the questions that um, I'd like to just bring to your, um, to your awareness. Um, how would you know? I don't think it starts necessarily with doctrinal statements or what training your pastor has, or do you even have women elders? I heard that was a thing up here. Those, woohoo, uh, those, those are all structural things and they're important. I'm not saying they're not. Please don't hear that we're saying church doesn't matter, throw it out. We're just asking to be in this work of tension. So we're not saying that that's not the point, but I really, um, I really want to just help you kind of maybe open up some thinking. We want to help you open up some thinking about what does it look like to ask these questions. So for us, we, we walk into church... <laughs> We walk into church every Sunday and we, we're asking these things and our minds are thinking and wondering. Um, and if we really want to get a feel for if the church is the focus or if the kingdom is the focus, this is what we kind of can look at and see. We look at the bulletin. 
And we open it up and we're like, huh, what's all written here? Is the bulk of it written about church events? Is the bulk of it written about what happens in the inside of the church? Is there anything written there about what's going on beyond the walls of the church? It's a good question to ask. At the Welcome Center, I don't know if y'all have one, but we do. At the Welcome Center, what's pe- what do we want people to know? Do we want people to know just about our church, Jillian Community Church, for us, Foothills Community Church? Do we just want them to know about that? Or do we want them to see that we're a part, we're a launching pad for a much greater work that goes out to the kingdom? Website, what's highlighted in the website? Is it all about the church? Or is, or, or is it highlighted about the work that's happening in the community or around the world that impacts the kingdom? Stage time, oh man, I'm going to go off here. Stage time, I'm just telling you. Stage time is a big thing. When I was on staff at our church, I was overseeing the ministries that we called uh, free zone ministries. They're ministries that go beyond the walls of the church, that were not inside the church, but went beyond the walls. Things like to foster kids or to abused women and children. I, I mean, a whole slew of them. We had 25 of them at that time. And I would go into staff meeting. I was on the pastoral team. I'd go into staff meeting and I'd be like, hey, could we, could we just highlight... Uh, could we just highlight Haven's Hope next week during the service? Because they had this thing going on this next week, and I just would really like to highlight them. We talk about it, and often we didn't get a chance to highlight them. But church camp got a chance to be highlighted, and the youth group got a chance to be highlighted, and other things got highlighted. But things like ministries beyond the walls of the church didn't get any stage time. So I got to thinking, I got frustrated with that, and I'm like, oh, Lord, what, do I, what are we going to do about that? So I, I actually went and met with our senior uh, pastor and executive pastor and said, look, here's my proposal. We have every Sunday morning this many minutes. In a month, we have about 250 minutes of service time in one month time at Foothills Community Church. So in that 250 minutes every month, could we please just take five minutes of those 250 minutes in one month time to talk about one ministry a month? Five minutes. So you guys would have 245 minutes, and I'm just asking for five of those 250. You get the math? I'm not a mathematician, but I think it works out. So... I asked for that. And they're like, okay, we get what you're saying. When you put in those terms, that's really great. Let's, we'll go talk about it with our worship planning team, blah, blah, blah. They came back, and you know what? They couldn't do it. They could not do it. It just, they could not work it out because the, the stage time, there was just such few moments in the stage time where they could, could or couldn't do it. And I don't mean it to trash Foothills. Well, we love Foothills. We're there, and I'm saying, we're saying this to Foothills too. So it's not something that we're not talking about, but... I'm asking you to consider what's being talked about from stage time. What's being announced? What's being shared about from the stage? It's important and it matters. And if, if the only focus and the primary things that get our attention at church are related to church and not to the broader kingdom at large, then we got a little bit of a problem. So Todd's going to come up and lead us through a time of talking about this. All right. Um, Todd was supposed to, but I think we're running a little short on time. So the, uh, the hope was to maybe even split up in groups of three or four and just let you process a little bit. Um, but I, I'm going to just encourage you to do that maybe this afternoon if you're hiking or uh, biking or whatever. I, you guys are really fit, by the Ooh. way. Holy cow. Um, the people down in Denver, okay, they're just fat. So... Uh, <laughs> 
you guys are really fit. So you're all going to be like out. Um, sorry if there was anybody from Denver here. <laughs> Didn't consult you. Yeah, not, not you, honey. <laughs> I'm talking about you, honey. <laughs> okay. It's going to be a rough afternoon. Pray for me. All right. <laughs> but I, I just would encourage you. And again, this isn't to like, hey, let's trash, you know, church and you know, talk about all they we're doing wrong or those kinds of things. But it really is hopefully create a little bit of tension in your heart mm-hmm. and, and tension for you personally to ask the question, how am I bringing the kingdom? Do I go to work every day thinking about the kingdom of God? Folks, that's, what, that's why Jesus came. He didn't come just for our salvation. That is a part of the kingdom of God. It's a huge part. It's an important part, but it's not the whole part. There is more, the, more to the kingdom than your personal salvation. So think about that. Let that tension roll. Talk to some people about it, and then talk about it even as a church. How are we doing as a, as a church? And um, I think that will... Let me see. Oh, yeah, there's a, uh, uh, before we quit, hold on, Mark, just one moment. Um, what we want to do by the end of the week, we're going to give you just two sentences that will sum up all four talks. Okay, so you can walk away and remember. So the first one is, uh, well, the first half of the sentence is, it's not about me. Okay, so everybody? It's not about me. It's not about me. It's not about me. There we go. It's not about me. Okay. It's about the kingdom. Okay? It's not about me. It's about the kingdom. It's not about me. It's about the kingdom. Okay? It's not about me. It's not about me. It's about the kingdom. It's about the kingdom. Okay? So last night, it was not about me. This morning, it's about the kingdom. All right? Mark, take it away. Perfect. Let's give these guys a great hand. They deserve it.